You are listening to the podcast To Seek and to Save. My name is Daniel, a pastor here at Living Savior, joined today again by Clint. Say hello and hello. say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again for having me back. It's, it's always a pleasure. And yes, and a joy. Yeah, love it. We, uh, we get together with this podcast because it's the grace and the privilege for us to have our eyes on how God uses things around us and in our lives to bless us. And that's especially true when we look at a story like Naaman's, because these Old Testament stories we've been looking at um, have such perfect application for people today. And the whole podcast of seeking and saving is to open our eyes um, by these stories to the way that God uses things and, and sort of calls us to the truth of the gospel um, using life events and people around us. And you'll never really expect who God uses um, like like he does in Second Kings 5 with Naaman the Syrian, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's... You don't see this It's coming. incredible, and it's so good for us to hear. So when we approach people and when we open our doors for people to know that everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, like I've said in previous podcasts, it's it's been such a blessing, and thank you for mm-hmm. helping me learn the love in the Old Testament. I... I'm in love with the Old Testament right now. <laughs> not, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. It is. And a, it, I know that you're, it's, a, it's, a love, it's a love for God that is embracing how he's revealed himself to us. Exactly. So today's goal is that people who would be sitting there, and maybe you're sick with something, and maybe it's not just a physical sickness, but you feel some sort of sick. Uh, we've got Naaman who has leprosy. We also have Naaman who's from Syria. We're not talking about an Israelite, one of these great quote-unquote people of the promise, right? You're talking about an outsider, so to speak. Yeah. But they're not, nobody is outside. The eye and love and care of God and that's a striking aspect to this story. Oh, is yeah. Not just for someone to know I'm not alone and I'm, but that, and I'm cared for, um, but to see God's special attention and use of things to be such a blessing in Naaman's life and how God taught him and sort of made a disciple out of somebody who wasn't expecting it, right? Yeah, and how nobody no matter what you think has transpired or gone on in your life, God has never turned his back from you and never will turn his back from you. Mm -hmm. And you can't say that I'm too evil to know God's love because God will just turn you right into a story and say, guess what? I love you. (laughs) Here's Jesus. I got to teach you some grace. Mm -hmm. Well, enough with the dangling grace in front of your ears and metaphorical eyes. Um, We're going to encourage you to open up to 2 Kings 5 and follow along with us. I think the first 19 verses are probably our focus 
for our time today. Um, always with this little disclaimer that we are just sitting with open Bibles and, and not notes. Uh, so th our views and thoughts are not necessarily those of Living Savior Lutheran Church. But uh, nevertheless, God bless our, our thinking and reflecting on His Word. Absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> So uh, we pick up this story with one of, this is just classic and I, and I really love it. One of these ways the Old Testament just jumps a new character into your lap. Yeah. It shows you the transcendent, and I think of a, like a rainbow where it just covers tons of people, right? Oh yeah. The nature of God is not just to be a singular God or a local deity where only the people in the hillsides near me worship my local God. Yeah. He is a God of all peoples and all nations. And uh, so we, I mean, if you're looking at a map, like we are leaving the story in Israel and we jump into some background of somebody up in the north, oh, up yeah. in Aram, which is, you know, like Syria. Um, so you have this guy named Naaman that you get to meet. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's so, <laughs> so eye-opening how there's nobody left behind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's really the goal. Imagine, yeah. imagine the camera like zooming out on a map and then zooming into your house. Yep. And, and talking, telling the story of your life. Absolutely. And this is how God brought somebody around who, you know, mentioned a Savior or mentioned the Bible. And you got to recognize those are God's angels in disguise, so to speak. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that are helping. So in the story here, Naaman, as we're introduced to him, is such a great and interesting character because he's very powerful. Yep. And he's earned his merit badges and yeah. he's he's earned his like accolades and trophies. He's a huge military hero, which that's gotta gain you fame like nothing else in those kinds of times, right? Oh yeah. You are the most powerful. Right. So he's the commander of the army of the king of Aram. And we learn this, that he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, I love how this is worded, because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. Wow. So it doesn't just say, yes, it was his military ingenuity <laughs> and strategic planning that won him you know, in the might of the Aramean sword. Absolutely. But it was the Lord yeah. through him, raised him to this place of prominence in people's eyes and blessing for this nation. Yep. That, did we just say that? We did. God yep. is blessing uh, another nation That's with not... military victory. Yeah. And it's written right here in... <laughs> the living word. <laughs> yeah. Because God cares. Yeah. Look what God is doing. It's yeah. like, oh, I didn't know you were doing stuff for Aram. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were in Israel, but that's the whole point. Let's zoom in on your house and talk about God's blessings. It's yep. great. So he's a valiant soldier. And this is the last part of this introduction. It says, but he had leprosy. It's like somebody who can't enjoy anything about his life. No. With this skin disease, uh, like leprosy. Yeah, just it's 
leprosy is so, I think because of where we're at with society, it's hard to even describe leprosy. And just a little background, my grandfather who passed away a year after I was born, he got leprosy and my Hmm. dad to this day says that that's what killed him. He got up, wanted to see his face, looked in the mirror, and I guess it was pretty hideous. No way. Yeah, and the next day he passed away. Mm. It was like he gave up. He had other medical conditions, but it's the way my dad describes it and just how bad it was. So, yeah, it's... It's not like having a cold. So <laughs> did you see some of this as a grandchild? No, grandson? I was only a year old, oh. so oh, I don't wow. remember any of it. But oh, that's a two, you can't remember from a year. Well, old yeah, I try, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a that is an incredible, incredible personal account. I don't hear many cases of more modern day leprosy. Yeah. Um, certainly uh, was viewed as a contagious thing back then and they had these formations of leper colonies where you get cut off from other people as as your body is weakened you know um, bit by bit by this disease which people certainly understand the word disease now like any other time and uh, what kind of things it can rob you of and so to step into Naaman's world you could say this is great that you probably one of the top rank of status in society um, but as far as personal enjoyment of life and and purpose you're struggling with with that thing with the weakness of this disease right yeah yep and then in the next paragraph we get the the key that kind of changes the whole course of the story because we get another kind of a background setting. It says in verse two that bands of, this is Second Kings five, verse two, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. If you were captive in enemy territory and had to serve someone that you didn't know and you probably didn't like, how like how often would you pray for them how would you care about the well-being of their house i mean this is a striking introduction because we get introduced now to a girl an israelite girl who is serving in this home in enemy territory right and oh yeah who knows how they treated her maybe she had some respect but um you can only hope but obviously these were these were the enemies you know this is what they would do is send out these raids and they'd plunder a field or they'd take what they needed and they kind of live off of your your hard work yeah um especially if they didn't have as great farming territory as the land of canaan that was flowing (laughs) with milk and honey right so yeah you know they're they're mooching off of other nations and they're these oppressors and sometimes these kings would come and they'd take stuff out of your temple treasury and they demand, you know, like payment 
oh, as yeah. part of this like agreement, like we'll leave you alone if you pay us money, otherwise we're coming back. And so you kind of have a lot of angst between these countries. They're not friendly. No. And, um, but and here's an Israelite girl in this situation. Where she's pulled into it and mm-hmm. having to serve there. But little clarification, I said leprosy, I meant shingles. Oh, so yeah. I apologize. Oh. Well, I was going to say I had to clear my leprosy. Yeah, I had to clear that off. The, <laughs> I don't know why it popped in as leprosy, mm-hmm. but it was shingles. So. Wow. Which... Mm-hmm. another skin disease but I mm-hmm. can only imagine how bad leprosy was so back to the story I had to clear that so the no, whole time good. we're talking I'm not thinking I gotta crack we, we need you back Clint we need you back to the podcast that's good now welcome back thank you I, I feel welcome so we also have lines drawn in the sand quite a bit today yep. and um this isn't a political podcast or a political statement, but it's just to recognize the fact that I think people still can understand what's going on in my heart if I have somebody I perceive to be an enemy or whose values are not my own and who is pursuing kind of a life and a vision for the world that I don't think is a good direction. You know, you have that kind of environment, I think, for the servant girl where you are doing things to the detriment of the Israelites. Yeah. You know. Against everything. I just don't think you'd expect her to do what she does next. Yeah. Because she's from Israel. She knows Israel's God. The one true God would be her confession of faith. And the prophet Elisha, which is a um, pretty amazing thing that she'd have such clarity and such focus and such faith because we kind of pointed this out before. These are not pretty times in Israel's history. Israel has a lot of pagan kings in this northern kingdom and there's a lot of immorality and idolatry and things like that. So the fact that this servant girl does what she does next where she opens her mouth at verse 3 and she says to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria. It's like a prayer. It is. If only, like she has this longing and this great wish in her heart that this master who's afflicted with leprosy. Yeah. And I hope that things that we might say as we philosophize about society and, and, and dream about the future in a country, when I see somebody that's hurt on the side of the road, Oh, yeah. I see somebody suffering with a skin disease or suffering with addiction or suffering with illness. I, there are things that you, you say, there's a time and a place to talk about the future for the world, but yeah. there's also a time and place to serve my neighbor's need. Yeah. And again, this is for a, we don't know how old girl is really referring to here, but not only this faith in God, but this care for her neighbor no matter what neighbor meant. Neighbor was just a person in need, just like the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Yeah. This is beautiful. Isn't it? It is just, so if beautiful. Only, if only, this, just listen to this longing. Yeah. You know, and think about the people who are hurting around you and why, and say a prayer. Absolutely. And think about their, their needs. Um, Especially the ones that could hurt you. And that's... That's a difficult statement to make, and mm-hmm. I know it's something that I struggle with is when we're under attack, 
preying and loving on those who attack us, it it's difficult to move forward with it, but we see where this girl does it, and what a great story. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll keep going because so it gets better. If only you see the prophet, right? Yeah. And then you know he would he would cure him of his leprosy. Um, it, you know, it makes me think of like a knock on the door from somebody um, canvassing a neighborhood, like for from our church. We really don't do this right now, probably for good reason, because we'd have to wear a mask and hello. <laughs> we'd like to talk to you about Jesus and the Bible, you know, how good is that going to go over? But I want what I want people to see is that you kind of never know whose little voice of praise or proclamation yep. um, means something. When would it mean something? Would it be offensive to you, Clint, if a little child came to you and gave a suggestion for something that you could solve? I mean, here you are, you know, a grown man. Are you going to listen to the advice of a of a of a seven year old who doesn't share your experience? And you know, you know, that's a great question. This is because, an army commander who gives yeah, the orders, <laughs> but there's a sense where hopefully and. As we continue on, we see, but I would hope that my heart could be soft enough that it could listen. Mm -hmm. It could, whether I go with advice or not, but to shut somebody down, you know, mm -hmm. I, the question was asked and I'm just hoping that my heart is soft enough that I could listen. Exactly. So. And what else is at stake? His own, we learn later that there's a god of Aram, of yeah. course. They have their deity, and it's Rimen. Um, and so this is the worship life that they have. And here's a little a servant girl yeah. whose nation has been overpowered by your nation, yeah. which should give you a clue that your god must be more powerful than her god. And oh, now you're wow. going to listen to her advice and humble yourself to go and do this? You're going to sure. pack up all your bags? But it, it makes you wonder if the point was that desperate, you know, sure. or if they, you know, what else are you going to do kind of a thing? Yeah. Maybe it's a little um, of an admission that yeah. my deity hasn't healed me. Oh, yeah. You know, and my, where are our magicians? Yeah. Where are our prophets? Yeah. What are they doing, you know, to take care of this? What power do they have? They're not curing his leprosy, are they? And here's a servant girl with bold, courageous faith that says the prophet in Israel will do it. I think that faith, what you said there, that's that's the key word. Mm -hmm. But there's no such thing as a faith in God without a despair in everything else. Yep. That's what it means for God to be God. Absolutely. He has soul position. So it's really interesting. So then Naaman actually... We move the story pretty quickly, right? Because yep. he he goes to his master, which is the king, tells him what the girl said, and the king says, "Go, go to Israel. In fact, wow. I'll send a letter to the king for you." And, and now you've got this pagan heathen king and this pagan Naaman, and now they're going to be seeking out a prophet. And this cultural perspective, 
is that prophets do what kings tell them to do. Yeah. Your holy man in your land is still a servant of the kingdom kind of a thing. Yep. So let's send enough gift money and, you know, we'll give them a favor so that the king will then force his holy man to do this for for us in return. Yep. So he takes... Naaman leaves with 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. It's just this ridiculous, um, great, like, gift that is sent along. And the letter says, with this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. And the king of Israel is, is Jehoram or Joram at this time, and not a good king. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to get this letter saying, here's my army commander. He's coming to your, pro you know, so you can heal him yeah. of his leprosy. The, thinking The army commander that <laughs> Five. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, mm -hmm. this is my enemy, greatest <laughs> enemy nation. Yeah. So, as, and as soon as the king of Israel reads this, he tears his clothes. It's kind of a sign of great distress. Yes. He tears his, he's totally thrown off by this. He says, I'm not God. I can't kill and bring back to life. Why are you sending someone to be cured of leprosy? Uh, he's trying to pick a quarrel. Like, if you don't do this, now I can have an excuse to come and wipe you out or something like that, you know, and, and bring my army into your lands. Yeah. So he sees this, oh, as, yeah. this as like yeah. a trick, you know. You're just trying to like I'm trap distress. me. Give me something that I can't do. Oh, this is terrible. You yeah, know. you're putting me on the spot here. Mm -hmm. And if I don't fulfill what you're asking me, mm -hmm. what next? Wow. So here a servant girl has the idea of doing this for Naaman. And the king is clueless. He, he feels powerless, totally opposite. The king of Israel yeah. feels totally opposite that. He's got no faith. He shows no sign of and that's what I think is is really striking, is that she would be planted in that household to give that advice, and that here's the king of Israel who is just distressed and tearing his robes. He doesn't say a single prayer or think of the prophet, right? No, he he's just he of a immediately quarrel. says that this is an impossibility. I can't. I'm, I'm not God. <laughs> yeah. So what's really interesting is Elisha hears about the king's distress and he sends this message. Why are you so disturbed? Why did you tear your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. Wow. It's so upside down. <laughs> so now Elisha is really commanding the king. Yes. Who's pulling his hair out and does is pretty clueless. Oh, yeah. And Elisha is saying, absolutely, let's do this. We're going to show that there's a God you We're know, gonna over Israel. Yeah. you got to love that. Uh, I, that is so powerful right there. You see where the faith lies. It doesn't lie in the king. Elisha knows that it can be done. And the little girl does. Mm -hmm. So it's opening the door to everybody. Every, yeah. you, you know, have faith. Yeah. Believe. Think believe that God is in control. Yeah. He is the creator of everything. Mm -hmm. So cool. There's <laughs> always a tension in these stories mm -hmm. that aims at the unbelief in our hearts. Yes. The tearing of our own robes. Yep. Where we are... Ignoring the solution that God has revealed. 
Right? Absolutely. Which is why this Bible study and the to seek and to save, like, was the purpose and mission of a church is to spread a word and to spread the news. And I would hope that once this miracle was done, Naaman could go back and be a witness. It would be a witness to the king of Israel. It would be a witness to the king of Aram and to all of the Arameans. And now you've got a much greater miracle than curing leprosy, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know, you've got, you've got the work of God. So it's so crucial to understand leprosy is not the key issue here, no. which is why the story comes up. You know, but the saving of souls, the changing of hearts and lives, that's what we feel. It's what you feel when you read these words. Exactly. What is the key knowledge is not where do I get healed? No. The key knowledge is that there is a God in Israel. Yes. And that God promised a savior for all peoples to be a blessing. Absolutely. It's just where just it's so good to know why a story is written and why it's sitting in front of you. Oh, um, I it just what we're going through in 2020 with the mm-hmm. writing with COVID-19 with so many things that are afflicting we still have the answer yeah and the answer and that's the like you said the reason for the podcast and mm-hmm. the name of it and what we're the blessing that I get to be part of it and sitting here and having this discussion it Mm-hmm. It opens my eyes every time. Yeah. I love it. You know, in our last two stories, not to drag this out too much, but in our last two stories, we've talked about, you know, these needy um, people like the widows and um, how God hadn't forgotten them, but helped them out. And here you kind of think to yourself, what would Naaman have learned about the true God if it hadn't been for his leprosy? Like, at some point, does he thank God for his leprosy because that pointed me to the prophet and the prophet pointed me to God and now I have you? Yeah, and the when, true God. When do you when do you begin to trace those yeah. lines back and say, you know what, I was, real, I was so distressed in my life yep. that I went looking for things because I knew that the gods I had around me were not helping me. And at some point, I said, I'm going to go talk to someone who knows the Bible. Yes. Please teach me about this Christianity. Um, and how beautiful. When do you trace those lines? You know, because that's really the, what, what role could this podcast have? I don't know, but I just, that's the hope and the prayer that somebody listens and they realize maybe God is seeking me even yeah. in the middle, like he's using my suffering to turn my eyes off of things that can't heal me and can't cure me and can't save me and what they can't do anything about my death. But there is a God who can and wow. does. And, I, I, you know, this is personal. And yeah, um, I, I just I hope that people listening Love it. are enjoying that aspect of the story because that's why it's in front of us. Well, Naaman then goes, he stops at the, and he arrives at the door of Elisha's house. And I, this is, gets us a chance to focus on another aspect of the story that's mm-hmm. so fun. Because he's there at Elisha's house. If you're an army commander, I, I don't know if you've been watching anything on Netflix from like the Middle Ages or stuff, but there's a lot of status. Like if, if you're a king and I'm a person of wealth and prominence, like I get to go and speak to a king, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we talk face to face. Yep. We're power players in this world. We recognize 
the prestige and reputation of others that they have. Um, and so those those people are are kind of operating together. They're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Well, here comes the army commander, the military hero from Aram. Yeah. And he comes to the prophet's shack, you know, the, the shanty outside <laughs> or whatever lowly place the prophet's living in. And Elisha sent a messenger. <laughs> he doesn't even see the prophet face to face, you know? I love that. So Naaman doesn't even get in the front door. Yeah. I mean, what is it? And you'd say it's not arrogance, but this is a prophet's work. Yeah. Just to point people to the work of God. Oh, yeah. And the, the best way to do that isn't to just acknowledge the powers of this world. Yeah. But it actually humbles them. And what I love about it also is it's a way for him to direct it towards God and not himself. Yeah. Instead of don't worship me. Yeah, worship God. It's about the word. It's yes. about the it's about the um, the word of the the promise that would say go and wash, right? Yeah. Um, and focus this. So what Naaman Naaman hears is he hears from a messenger, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. So how how hard is that? Not go hard. take seven baths. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and and it's like nearby. Just go over to the Jordan River, do this little thing, and you'll be you'll be cleansed. This great miracle that changes up his life. But Naaman went away angry, and he, I thought he would surely come out to me. Yes, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> had this vision of how he's supposed to do this oh yeah you know and honor honor me and call on his god wave his hand over the spot cure me of my leprosy this is a dumb idea he says yep are not abana and farpar the rivers of damascus better than all the waters of israel couldn't i wash in them and be cleansed so he turned and he went off in a rage wow think about that he yeah. He's still placing himself in this world, thinking the water is what is cleansing him mm -hmm. and not God. Yeah. That I want the cleaner water because that's what's doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> There's an aspect of control. Yeah. And saying stronger, better rivers do stronger, better stuff. Stronger, better steel does stronger, better stuff, you know, better swords, better strength, better horses, better chariots, better this, better that. You know, there's this control aspect that we can stay in control. We can keep our, yes. our health. I can bring these gifts. I can, like, make them do the miracle. The king will give an order to his holy man. And he stays in all of this control and tell, and tell God the when and the where. <laughs> Right. That's what I love about it. It's and he goes to the shack, and this is how God works. Yeah, humble yourself. You know, if your family was in grave danger, and you knew that I was the only one that had the answer to how to save them, and you came to me, how how can I save my family? Yeah, a very desperate thing. Yeah, and I said, go floss your teeth every day. You would for be, a week. Yeah, you'd be like, what? That doesn't accomplish anything. Exactly. Um, you know, what if I picked the cheapest brand of floss? You know, it's just one of those things. Oh, yeah. And 
And not only that, but what really does God, what really does God do to save the world? He hung, he hung his son on a cross. Absolutely. And he, he bled as a criminal. Yeah. On a cross. The most humiliating kind of death. Because God is making a point. Yep. And not only punishing Jesus for the sins of the world, but that punishment was executed in a way that said, a pox upon all human wisdom. Yep. And all human ingenuity and strength and might. You will not find me there. You won't go to the lowly waters of the Jordan, go to the lowly water of the Word, you know. And um but I do my great things because of my because I say so, not yeah. because of any dependency on you. I just give my gifts. Absolutely. How beautiful. So he goes off in this rage, you know, because he's he, he's offended yeah. by how simple it is. Just like people still today are find ways to be offended by how easy Christianity is. You can't just say I'm forgiven. You can't just wash sins away. Uh, well, that if if Jesus really did what he did, um, of course, I he absolutely can. can. And yeah. that's only because the Bible requires, even demands that I say this to be faithful. Just absolutely. amazing. So. <laughs> So God is using a little servant girl and God is using a pagan king's like order, like in tandem. These two things are working together to bring him thus far. Now he's going to use the lowly waters of the Jordan River. And the, the next part is the thinking of his servants because Naaman's all ticked off. He's about to leave, right? Yeah. His servants say, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? You know, something like Herculean. Like, oh, yeah. Like, go tie seven dragon heads together, <laughs> you know, and you will be cured. Like, he could, where there'd be something yeah. he could say, I did this. Yeah. You know? Wouldn't you have done that? Well, of course, this military guy would have. How much more, though, if he tells you, just take a bath? Yeah, just <laughs> just and, wash and be cleansed. So he actually does it. He does, and he's he's healed, and he he was restored. He became clean like that of a young boy. So he he and all his attendants they came back to the man of God, and and this is important in verse fifteen. He stood before Elisha, and now he says, "Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel." You hear that? How many times does somebody say that in the Old Testament? Wow. With faith. Yeah. Naaman the Syrian, my friends. Yeah. Naaman the military commander now says, I know there's no God in all the world except here. It's, it really is eye opening Mm -hmm. when you break it down and you read this story and you follow how the path goes and how God's love is there for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening, when we come together, Jesus is with us. It's just so many things. They come together. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is the the greater miracle of the story. Um, especially because he now had something um, that he he came in with a disease that he needed to get rid of, yep. but he didn't know how much he was really 
able going to gain oh, yeah. by learning of this God and to see God as the as the only God in all the world to see him as he really is um, as someone who cares that much and does things with the little and the lowly and weak weak ways and yet God is this master orchestrator who puts it all together for our good I, his his voice of faith is is beautiful to hear and it is definitely the greater miracle of this story yeah when you were saying the lower and the littler all i could think of was the greatest love though mm -hmm. and it's the little things but it's the greatest love that we could ever experience is knowing god and yeah knowing jesus yeah. and that's yeah i just want everybody to come and hear it <laughs> i want everybody to know this because that's the joy in life mm -hmm. is knowing god yeah well you you had a key word joy because if you read of just a few more verses we see him as like a cup overflowing yeah you know and it's spilling out he wants to do something oh um, yeah you overpowering with wanting to do something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, please accept a gift. Yeah. Now he wants it to be like a gift and not like payment for services. You know, he, he wants to give something and Elisha says, absolutely not. This isn't how faith works. No. This isn't how God works. He just gives and he gives freely and graciously and generously. Um, and he, he says an oath, you know, that he won't take a single thing. Yeah. And um, even after Naaman urges. So then you get to, please let me, this is the final outpouring, um, please let me, your servant, Naaman says, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive. Oh yeah, so he's he's going to take earth, like he's going to make, yeah. he's going to build an altar. Yeah. And he's, He's going to um, he's going to worship yeah. the Lord back in the his one and true Lord homeland. Yeah, the one wow. and only. So talk about a new testimony back in the land of Aram. You could just picture this army commander and all the heads that are turned. Like not only is he healed, but now he's building a mound to the one true God. He's got his own evangelism work going on in his yeah. his territory. What are you going to do with that testimony now, right? All these Arameans, what are you going to do when you see that going up? Are you going to stick with Rimen? Are you going to listen? It's just, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. It, the status that he had, like you said at the beginning, I mean, this was a, you had the king, but without the army commander, the king has no power. Mm -hmm. And here he is. This is the one true God. This is who to worship. This God healed me. Yeah. And the, I love the focus always goes back to God. Mm -hmm. You're not going to buy health. You're not going to buy happiness. That's, that's proven right here that we see that right here. Mm -hmm. Where you find your true happiness is in the worship of God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. And, and to, I think it brings you uh, strength into weakness, right? Yeah. It, it brings you a peace in the, in the chaos because that's, that's really the goal. Um, yeah. uh, 
is is the kind of way that God serves us and attends to us, not just for time, but he's going to be ours for eternity. And I think for people to be challenged by the fact that the things that make us weak and the things that cause us to suffer do not disappear for God to be real. You know, and oh, yeah. God would only be real if life is easy. God yeah. is only real if this goes well. God is only real if he fixes this problem in my life. That it's, um, it's actually the opposite. This is a world of suffering and, and struggle, but there is a God that's on your side in the midst of it that teaches you how to live and um, teaches you how to live with him and oh, yeah. and and knowing knowing his love and strength like you said the the worship the worship of god is living yes um that is something to think about it oh, takes yeah. time to it's it's just so powerful and when we open our eyes and see i look at my life and some of the stresses and distress and different paths but it's led me to god and the true happiness that i have in knowing god and learning learning the word and being in worship it's there's nothing i've ever experienced like it so it's Mm -hmm. an offer up to everybody because it's the greatest joy that i know and i want it so many i want everybody in this together so yeah Yeah, we do yeah it's it's amazing well if you're listening thanks for thanks for spending time with us and and naaman today and uh let's just close with the prayer yep lord jesus we're so grateful for the way you step in you intercede uh interrupt and and break up our lives as we would just be pulling out our hair with our problems um, but your word breaks through and um, you speak to us and you give us stories like this that emphasize not just your your blessings in disguise your governance and all things um, but you're revealing your heart to us you're revealing what you really want what you do with the works of your hands for the sake of opening our eyes to the full abundance of your goodness and and love for us Um, continue to teach us lord what it is to live uh, what it is to live in you um, and knowing that you are with us um, and your mighty hand is at work for us all the time teach us what it is to believe and to trust and use our testimony in this world as a chance to introduce other people to the glories of your holy name. In that we pray, amen. Amen.